0: Uh-oh, this thing's on. Hey everybody, this is Ty Eden, and this is the Tybo Show. Well, welcome back, everybody. I want to uh, thank everyone that uh, returns to listen to our shows We try and make each show a little bit different. Um, Most of them, uh, we're like looking to try and get some influential people in the community out to, uh, you know, sit and visit with us a little bit. This week, we've got someone that I had an opportunity to sit with about a year ago. I actually did a video with her on my Facebook uh, page, Southwest DuPage Doings. And um, she's in the special needs community. She is the executive director for WDSRA, which stands for the Western DuPage Special Special Recreation Association, when I'm able to talk. And um, she has been with WDSRA for a long, long time, had the opportunity to start out ground level, worked her way up to where she's pretty much, uh, from what it sounds like, running everything. So... Again, had a chance to visit with her on my uh, Facebook page and recorded that and uh, figured since it's been a year that we'd give her a chance to uh, expand a little bit more about herself, WDSRA, and how it benefits uh, those families out there who are hopefully listening that have a family member with some special needs. So with that, let's cut right into listening to Sandy Gabor with a Western DuPage Special Recreation Association.
1: So, special recreation, uh, or people with special needs, my first experience was when I was in high school, I was offered the opportunity to volunteer uh, for a bowling program for kids with special needs. And so uh, I went and uh, was assigned a little guy named Taylor, who kind of gave me a run for my money he, instead of bowling appropriately, like most of the other participants, decided to run down the alley and uh, then run across the lanes. And uh, he had a bag of potato chips, so he was throwing chips over his shoulder. And I was like, oh my God, now what? So uh, it took me a while to figure out how to work with him. But my goal really was to help him be successful like the other kids. And I kind of felt like you know, this isn't going to serve you well if you can't uh, participate appropriately in a program. And so I worked with him to get him to understand what appropriate behavior was and how to wait his turn. And, uh, you know, I kind of accepted it as a challenge. Prior to that, my only experience had been uh, with my cousin who had Down syndrome. And while we didn't see her often, when I did see her, she really towed the line. I mean, she did what everybody else did. She would greet us when we arrived at their home and help us hang up our coats. She always would do the dishes. Uh, no preferential treatment, just treated like everybody else. And i that's what I knew. So it seemed to me, <clears throat> in working with Taylor, that that would be what I should do. And so we had some success, but it was really that experience uh, and that challenge Um recreation and uh, the challenge of working with someone with special needs uh, and helping them succeed really kind of was how I picked my career. I was like, wow, this is something I would really like to do. So that's how I found therapeutic recreation.
0: <laughs> okay. And and it's interesting how it, it's influenced it at a young age that you wanted to actually jump into that and take it on. So did you go to school locally here in the Midwest or...
1: Well, I went to the College of DuPage for a couple years because I wasn't exactly sure what I wanted to do, and then um, my uh, third year I went down to Illinois State, and to be honest with you, I actually got a degree in special education because at the time the therapeutic recreation field was just getting developed, and so I uh, unfortunately didn't find that, but I knew I wanted to work with special needs, so I went into education. And then shortly after I finished my student teaching, um, a, a friend of ours in the family had worked with one of the park districts in Illinois, and he said, hey, you know, Sandy, there's this thing called special recreation that's forming. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, he introduced me to it, and um, I looked looked up the special rec association. Sure enough, they were just forming, um, and so I had an opportunity to apply for a job at West Suburban Special Recreation in the Oak Park and River Forest area. And I actually got the job. So it's been a 41-year career since then, staying in special recreation and working in uh, three different ones in Illinois. So it's been a a great career, and I can't think of anything I'd rather be doing.
0: How many of them are there today, uh, different? Because I know that there's one northwest and...
1: Yeah, we're all known by our geographic locations. There are about, uh, 23 special recreation associations or cooperatives. Uh, so park districts working together to provide recreation for their residents through a special rec service or something like that. They're not all formed exactly like us, but, um, that, that's how many there are. And they serve, uh, over 200 communities. Uh, wow. so that's kind of cool. But it is unique to Illinois.
0: You don't find this in any other state?
1: You find some uh, programming, but nothing is funded like we are. And so truly our success comes from our funding source, which is the park districts having the opportunity to have a separate levy that supports uh, the services that we can provide. And so that is unique to Illinois because... Many uh, states don't have local government like park districts that have their own levying ability. So we uh, tend to be uh, the folks who get to do it really well um, because the funding source is there and the support is there. And uh, when we talk with our colleagues across the nation, they uh, sometimes are frustrated with us because they don't have this in their states. And they don't have the opportunity to do the same kinds of things that we do.
0: So there's a little jealousy.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, that's awesome. Now, uh, another uh, popular organization that's really, I think, more focused around sports is the Special Olympics. Do you guys collaborate and work hand-in-hand with uh, with that organization as well?
1: We do. You know, the Special Olympics offers a really great opportunity for our athletes with intellectual disabilities. And while we serve all abilities Certainly a large contingent of our folks uh, have the opportunity to train in a sport, to be introduced, to train in a sport with us, and to participate in a competitive uh, piece of that if they want to. So uh, we do have lots of teams and lots of sports. Uh, in fact, we just had a group. We had three teams make it downstate for basketball. So that was kind of fun. And when you make it downstate, that means you've done well regionally. Uh, against teams that are like you and, uh, you've won and then you get to go downstate and downstate is typically, um, at least for basketball and track and swimming. It's, um, at Illinois State University. So that's kind of fun. And, uh, the athletes get to go down and compete at a, you know, at a higher level. Uh, so much of it is social too. They have an opportunity to socialize and there's a dance and they really have a lot of fun. And it's just, it's a great, Camaraderie thing to be able to win and then go downstate and and enjoy a different atmosphere and a bigger venue.
0: That's awesome. Now <clears throat> you guys uh, do a, a little bit more than just the athletic uh, aspect of um, assistance with with with, with the uh, folks with special needs. You also have some social uh, groups and some different camps and things of that nature. I think right.
1: Yeah, we really, uh sports is one thing and it can be sports that are just, you know, learning a skill and it could be sports where you're competing. Uh, and we also, you know, it's, we try and do what the park districts provide. So uh the difference is our social clubs. That's really where um we, we differ from park districts. So typical park district, you know, you, you sign up your kids for swim lessons, preschool, those kinds of things. They get to maybe their teenage years they might stop participating for a while or maybe get their first job at the park district, but no longer participate in programming. And then they go back as an adult in fitness, uh, you know, because there's such great uh, facilities that park districts have in Illinois for recreation for older adults, et cetera, or senior trips, you know, if you're going out. But with us, uh, once people start with us, um, We have to do a good job, but they pretty much stay with us. We become kind of their connection into the community. And friendships are a huge piece of that. So opportunities for our participants to not only meet other people like themselves, but also to uh, go out on the town and go out in the community and go to theaters and restaurants and plays in the city uh, so that's, that's really a big piece of what we do. Our social clubs are really popular. And then on the other end, <clears throat> we also have people who love the arts. And so we offer uh, painting and acting, uh, voice lessons, musical lessons. So there's that whole creative side as well. And then another big piece that our families absolutely adore us for, which is day camp, because when they're Kids are still school-aged, and school's over. They need something to do in the summer, and so our day camps are extremely popular. Some of them are half-day, so kids go to summer school sometimes in the morning and then come to us in the afternoon. And so we have a lot of day camps and activities, and then we even have an extended camp. So after uh, our actual camps end, But school hasn't started, we will have an extended camp as well. And so we see a lot of our families um, sign up for that. It's difficult for us, though, because we start losing our staff as they go back to college. And so um, the extended camps are a little bit smaller, but yet give us kind of bridge the time between when our camps end and when school starts. And then the other piece that we offer um, is trips. So we do have some overnight trips. And then if you're successful with some of the overnight trips, you could choose to vacation with us as well. So we, we've we gone to Ireland. Uh, we've gone to the Caribbean. Uh, we had a group just come back from Nashville and New Orleans. And so uh, opportunities for some of our folks to have the opportunity to get away from their family and get a break. Um we all need breaks you know and so it's really kind of fun when you can be independent enough and travel with your friends and go on these kinds of trips
0: wow i didn't realize that was such diverse activities that you guys had that's awesome um a couple of a couple of things come to mind as you were as you were going through that uh number one what uh you you talked about staffing now Obviously, I've got a participant, uh, Patrick, and I try and get him involved as in as many of the different uh, functions that you guys offer as I can. Um, but do you get? You, I think you run into some staff. You mentioned staffing challenges. Is that only when um, the school year comes around, or do you find that off and on year round? How how does that that work?
1: Well, I, I can tell you that our biggest challenge right now as an agency with where the economy is and people having jobs and maybe not needing to work as much is we are really, um, working hard to recruit more part-time seasonal staff. So that is a huge need for us. And it's not just in the summer, but year round. So let me kind of explain where you can work with us. Um. We have two kinds of programs. So the ones we've talked about so far are all WDSRA programs. And those are for people who are uh, people with disabilities who are similar. And uh, then we also have all of the programs that the park, district, park districts offer. So we have nine park districts that we serve. We go from Naperville up to Bloomingdale, West is West Chicago, and East is Glen Ellen. So we have nine communities within that. And the park districts all have great brochures full of wonderful opportunities. So as families have a child with special needs, they can choose to either participate in the regular park district program, or they can choose to come to special recreation programs. If they go um, and are included in the park district program, they may need some assistance. And so the assistance is then provided by Western DuPage Special Recreation. So we do the hiring um, when it's needed to support people in uh, park district programs. So right now it's spring. Soccer is like the big explosion. Everybody wants to play soccer, and so you can imagine that even kids with special needs want to play soccer, and so they're signing up for the park district programs, and we then have to uh, accommodate them, find out what they need to be successful in that activity. And it could be just us working with the park district staff to structure the program maybe a little bit differently for this person with special needs. Um, or it could be an adaptive piece of equipment, or it could be the most expensive thing, uh, which is providing a staff member to work individually with that individual. Or sometimes there's two or three players, and we can have one staff member working with three players. But for like soccer, so we're looking for someone that might know a little bit about the game, is physically uh, active, could um, help. Our folks with special needs understand um, the activity and to participate in it. And then they show up at that program. So with soccer, it's always a, at least with the park districts, it's a practice and then a Saturday game. So we would need a part-time staff member who could go to the site, work with our um, participant in the program, and then um, also sign up and show up for the game. And assist okay. there. So that's, that's where we have need. But to be honest with you, I think we hire about 358 seasonal staff a year, just to give you an idea. Wow. Last year, that's how many we hired. So you can work an hour. You can work, you know, 19 hours. Uh, it really depends upon your schedule and your availability, but we are always looking for quality people who care about, um, Folks with special needs and, uh, and want to help us, um, with our mission, which is the development of individuals through recreation.
0: So, some prerequisites of those folks that, um, that, that you're looking to hire, that 300, uh, some odd people, is there like, uh, age requirements, um, experience?
1: If you have no experience, we'll probably ask you to volunteer a season so you can see if this is something you'll like and if you're good at it. And we do a lot of training. So uh, if you have no experience, you still can step in and try it out. Uh, And that way you're like an extra hand, but we're not counting on you specifically for one individual. Um, as you get more experience and you say, gosh, I really like doing this, I can see how fun this is, I'm changing people's lives, uh, then you have the opportunity to get paid, and um, you would be paid on an hourly rate, and you would just be paid for the programming and the training that we do with you. And so, um, you know, we of course are always looking for people who have some great experiences and have worked with people with special needs, but... We never want to preclude someone who doesn't have experience. And oftentimes, first jobs can be with park districts and with special recreation associations. So it's really up to us to train and get you ready and prepared. Uh, and then, um, you know, we look to place you in as many programs as you're willing to work and available to do with us.
0: Are there uh, specific campaigns that you WDSRA or WD, as you guys put it, um, in specific ca- campaigns to go out and recruit for these uh, these helpers or or part time workers.
1: Interesting, you should ask that. Um, yes, we do have a campaign, and in fact, are trying to really beef it up. Um, in the past couple of years, we've you know it's not been as challenging to find staff, but we're now finding it to be more challenging, and I think it has a lot to do with the economy. Plus, you know, you got to look at uh, all what's who's paying what out there, you know, McDonald's uh, and other Starbucks uh, folks are starting to pay higher wages and certainly pay um, pay uh, and even give benefits sometimes. And so those are challenges for us. I think we do have a pretty good pay scale and I think we pay our people fairly well. But um, that is an ongoing challenge. So. Some of the things we do to get the word out are there's a lot of fairs, career fairs, that the high schools will put on. And so we attend a lot of career fairs. Um, we're at the junior colleges. We've got flyers out. Um, we certainly do it through Facebook and website and any of the social media connections. We're talking about our need for special recreation um, support staff. And then most recently, we've started to hook into the paraprofessionals at the school districts. So oftentimes, um, kids have aides within the classroom. And so we're looking to connect with those paraprofessionals to see if they might want to come out in the summer uh, and work with us if they're not working with the school or also the opportunity to, uh, you know, pick up a few hours here and there on a uh, seasonal basis because, you know, we have evening activities and weekend activities when school is not in play. So sure, lots of sure. things, uh, you know, I'll tell you, if there's an idea, we will go after it because <laughs> there is a huge need for us to find additional staff. And we don't want to have people on the wait list, Ty. You know, we really want them to be able to participate. And that. that's our responsibility is to find those folks, get them ready and uh, be able to assign them and get them out to programming.
0: Do you have any idea of what your um, participant numbers are, how many participants you have at any time?
1: I do. Um, On an annual basis, we serve about 3,000 individuals, unique individuals. If you put all of their um, activities, you know, so when I say unique, I mean an individual signing up for um, one particular program. Uh, Oftentimes, we have people who will sign up for three, four, or five programs, and then we certainly see more of them. If you put all those registrations together, gosh, I'm trying to find it here because I'm so bad at numbers off the top of my head. um, We have uh, 4,500 individuals who are served. So, um, for example, we might do uh, a special event. Uh, an agency showcase where people our participants are on stage performing and showing uh, you know a dance or music or a poem or whatever uh, creative thing they've done with us, and so we then have their families come and their siblings come, et cetera, and aunts and uncles and grandmas and so we do count those people at some point because we're serving them, they're walking in the door and we're showing putting on a good show for them so. Um, we, we do get upwards of uh, 4,500 individuals with all the special events that we do.
0: Wow, that's outstanding. Um, and funding, you had mentioned that uh, a, a part of your funding comes through, um, is it the tax dollar or through the uh, school exactly. systems?
1: Through the tax dollars, not, not school at all. So in, in the state of Illinois, park districts, which are separate units of local government, have levying ability. They levy for their pension. They levy for recreation fund. They levy, you know, all sorts of things. And one of their levies is called the tax for handicap or the, we call it the five eight levy. And that stands to the code. The park district code is the five eight code. So essentially, uh, park districts, if they're coming together to serve their residents with disabilities, have the opportunity to use that levy. Um, and if they do that, they can levy four cents per hundred dollars of property value. So basically, they have money that they can then contribute to a special recreation association. Actually, they form us and uh, they usually hire the director and then the director hires the rest of the staff. Here at WDSRA, we have like 32 staff who, who are in the office working on an ongoing basis to provide year-round recreation services for those nine communities. So that just gives you a feel. But our whole right. budget is, you know, not tax dollars, obviously. Um, I, I would say about 60% of our budget is made up of tax dollars. And then we have um program fees um that are paid just like the park districts. And you know what's interesting, Ty, is we never ask people to pay more, even though they might need a one on one assistant. Um, that is, you know, that it would be considered discriminatory. We want them to participate and so they pay a regular fee. And then the tax support we get is what helps us bridge the gap between the actual cost of providing the service than what the family is is paying in the program fees. And so we do um, have a fundraising arm um, that we call our foundation. And the foundation is made up of nine uh, trustees um, who are folks that just live in the community and have in some way, been touched by what we do and want to help us do it better. And so they want to help us provide recreation on an annual basis, and they want to provide scholarships for our families if they need financial help to participate, etc. And so they use their social networks to um, help us support our, like we just had our Black and Red Bash, and um, that's our big signature event. And um, we raise funds through that. Uh, we've got a golf outing in June, on June 10th. And so we're looking for golfers right now and sponsors. So we do raise money um, through our foundation. And they actually contribute about $275,000 a year, believe it or not.
0: Really? Yeah, it's pretty
1: exciting. And then we also do some grant writing. So uh, between program fees, grants, our foundation fundraising... And the tax dollars, we come pretty close to being whole when it comes to our budget. And we've got about a $4 million budget. So we uh, we have some funds to work with, but we definitely work hard to get those funds and to use those effectively.
0: No doubt. No doubt. Now, um, from graduating ISU with a special ed degree, it sounds like you've learned quite a bit over the years to <laughs> sit in the position you're in you your executive director. Is that your position?
1: That is. Yep.
0: Okay. You've learned quite a bit through the years to, to get, get where you are today and, and, and for WDSRA as well.
1: Well, I like to think that in 41 years, I've learned a lot, but to be honest with you, it really, I, I think my success uh, has been, You know, I got in at the ground floor when special recreation was just forming. And so I had the opportunity to move up pretty quickly because there weren't, weren't a lot of people out there in the field. And so, you know, eight years in, I was already the director of a small special recreation association. That's just unheard of. It doesn't happen anymore. Uh, and so I, I was coming in at a really great time, but also I think, you know, my love of this comes from, The fact that we're changing people's lives. You know, we are working with families who are at times, as you know, pretty stressed out, um, trying to manage everything that they manage with their, uh, not only their child with special needs, but oftentimes their other children. So while I think we support individuals, I also know that we strengthen families. And my passion comes from, yes, wanting to give our folks with special needs the opportunities that they might not have um, typically. But I also know that we really can impact families. And you know, your family is the perfect example. I think we—you have found um, when we get Pat, you get Patrick into programs that might give you the opportunity Ty, to get away and uh, take a break. Or it connects you with other families who are dealing with some of the same challenges you are. And they're great resources for each other. And so, Actually both.
0: Yeah. Actually both for me.
1: So that's what keeps me going, is understanding that by bringing people together, we really are impacting their lives. And then the best part about all of it is I think we're building healthy communities in our own way. When we're out and about in the community and we are, uh, you know, if we're at a restaurant, I mean, like every season, I I swear this happens out of the generosity of people. We'll be out having, uh, you know, trying the newest trend in food, whether it be sushi or, you know, of course, favorite pizza, you know, whatever the newest <laughs> pizza is. We'll be out uh, enjoying that, you know, with one of our social clubs. And every season, it seems like somebody picks up the tab for us. Now, we're not looking for that to happen, obviously, but how cool is that, that a community member would see what we're doing and be so moved by it to to pick up the tab for us? And sometimes yeah. it's a pretty big tab because, you know, it might be 20 people out having a good time. So yeah. that's that's, to me, about building really solid communities and letting people see that, Folks with special needs need to be out in the community. They're not hidden anymore. You know, they're not strategically put in one building and, um, you know, handled there. They're out in the community. They're part of the fabric of that community and how cool it is for that to be available. And so that's what keeps me going. That's what helps me. And our families have taught me so much over the years. I mean, in the early years, I used to have family members who would call me at home, you know, and say, hey, you're not doing this right with my kid. And, you know, I need you to do this with them. And I was learning as well, but I was always open to what they had to say because I knew I wasn't doing everything perfect. And I really wanted to hear from people. And I think, you know, my whole career has been, what can I learn from others and how can I help others? And so it just has been a great marriage for me
0: and that leads me into like my next and and probably final question because it might you might go on a little bit with it but that's okay is there any one specific piece of advice that you've gotten um that you think is the most influential um in your career and your in in this endeavor with um with the special needs community and what you do there at WDSRA
1: I think probably the best advice I've ever received uh, has been to understand, take time to understand everybody has a story and their stories, while they may be similar, are still their story. And if you understand where they're coming from, you can oftentimes understand why they're communicating with you the way they are. And so, you know, sometimes families are upset if there's a wait list um, or frustrated because they can't, you know, use an online service or something or they don't get the app that we've created and we think families can use to help communicate. And so, you know, they might come in a little upset. And I totally get it. Uh, we're just adding to the stress of their lives, not meaning to, but we can take time with them. We can understand what they've come through and what they're dealing with. I think they have had a really tough day or a tough five years or 18 years with their child. We need to be understanding of that and put ourselves in their place. And when we do that, we recognize how cool it is that we get to serve them, that we get to provide a service that can make their life better. And... Um, So I think that, you know, I relish in the fact that we are serving people and changing their lives. That is exciting to me. And um, that's what keeps me, you know, getting up every day. But I always say to our staff, you know, okay, while someone may be a little bit upset, uh, let's look at what's behind it and let's understand it. Let's not take it so personal. Let's just understand that they've had some challenges And it really helps us celebrate uh, the fact that we are here to serve individuals. And uh, it's just, as I said, Ty, it's the best career I think I could have ever had.
0: One of those that you look up, uh, when you wake up in the morning, you look forward to the day for whatever it brings you.
1: I absolutely do.
0: Yeah. And then that's not a job.
1: No, that that ends up not being a job. I tell my
0: kids, you know, it's, uh, what, what it is you do for work. If you look forward to the next day, when it comes, it's not a job, it's a career and it's something that you will continue to enjoy as, (laughs) as life goes on. So Sandy, again, thank you so much. The WDSRA has been a big help to us and our family and, um, I know it's there's a vital need for it out there and it's just a matter of getting the word out you know for those families with family members with special needs and you know for those uh you know the young kids that are coming up that you know recognize these these things in their schools and um yeah we get uh i get i just yesterday had a high schooler that uh her mom works over at uh, an elementary school my daughter teaches at who also teaches special needs and, um, you know, she had some exposure and she's really interested in it and, you know, she wants to get more exposed to it and get more involved in it. So, yeah, the more community is aware of it, uh, you know, of, of the needs and more accepting of it, then I think it, uh, hopefully will just grow, you know, organically and, and that support and inclusion will be there. Thank you, Sandy. I appreciate your time. And that was an awesome visit that we just had. Again, for those of you that are in the special needs community or have a family member that uh, with special needs, the uh, WDSRA, and if you're outside of the DuPage County area, some of the other 20, I think, uh, sister organizations Sandy referred to are great spots to be able to go. Uh, The kids are able to establish friends relationships, and I know as a parent that there are other parents out there that you can also establish relationships with, and it's just a way of being able to establish camaraderie. So in the show notes, I'll place the um, ways in which you can find WDSRA, both their website and phone number. They do have online uh, PDFs of their various programs that they come out with year-round. So And with that, thank you very much for tuning in. Again, this is uh, the host, Ty Eden, of uh, the show The Tybo Show. So come back each week, and hopefully we'll have a a great show for you to to listen to. All right, thank you very much.